You're very welcome back to Glore, the podcast here at Aris Econolia, the James Connolly Visitor Centre on the Falls Road in Belfast. This is the first series of the podcast in 2022 and we have revamped the format slightly for the year ahead. Each series will now have a theme based on a quote of James Connolly's and we'll be asking our guests to reflect on the quote as they explore what it is that they do and what motivates them. The theme for this series is based on an 1897 piece of writing by Connolly, where he wrote, If you remove the English army tomorrow and hoist the green flag over Dublin Castle, unless you set about the organisation of the Socialist Republic, your efforts would be in vain. We're really looking forward to welcoming our guests in the year ahead and hope that you'll join us as we explore the writings of James Connolly and their relevance to us today. Culture Road, Andrew, you're very welcome here to RSE Connolly um, for the newest series of our podcast, Glore. But first of all, um, I'd like you to tell me a wee bit about yourself. Um, Andrew, you're, you're probably best known for your, your Instagram account, Tanistry. So uh, what is it that you do and, and what kind of started that journey for yourself? Well, hello, I'm very happy to be here. Um, I think the journey for starting Tanistry and getting the Irish history all many ways sort of started back in 2012 I said before with the uh, infamous sort of flag riots or the flag kerfuffle at City Hall when a lot of my friends at school at the time were running down there and I think at the time I was I would have called myself a unionist or a loyalist just out of familiarity and I think for that it was my first sort of disconnect I didn't really understand why we were so angry and uh, from then on it's just you know once you start reading and researching for yourself it's kind of hard to uncross that bridge and um, I started getting very into my history and did a lot of reading and I didn't have anyone to make me did environment who had anything to bounce ideas off or to speak to about it so I thought well I'll create my own sort of space to do so and from there it sort of evolved into a want for me to I suppose kind of target other people like myself who were coming from that sort of Protestant loyalist upbringing and try and open their minds a bit and get into a bit more history and not necessarily flip them over to being a nationalist or a republican but just to say look the current narrative isn't true and um, from there it's blossomed into what Tanistry is now just trying to get people into history and I suppose politics as well but more understanding the the link between history and politics because a big part is making people understand that history isn't always just history especially here it ties into yeah. nearly every every aspect of Northern Ireland and i um, doing it for a few years now and I for for various reasons a lot of people get involved now and I'm loving it it's a, a lot of work but I'm happy enough I'm happy enough no, it is, and I think that relevance, um, so certainly something that we try and can emulate here uh, in the Connolly Centre is the relevance between history and contemporary, um, you know, trying to link those two together. Um, anyone who follows you on Instagram knows that it's never always a straight road. Um, there's always a conversation sparked um, from your posts, Andrew. Um, tell us a bit about kind of the content that you post and um, the sort of detail that you go into and the conversations that come out of it. Well, there's really two sort of posts that typically come up in town. So the first is simple enough. It's I'll take a historical event or a period and sort of simplify it where I'll go, for example, like the Norman invasion or the, the 1916 Easter Rising and so on. And I'll pick something and try and not take like all the detail, but make it digestible so that someone can, you know, nobody can take a post that I do and stab them and say, I am well versed in this topic, but they'll have a grip on it. And it means if they want to learn about it, they'll have a sort of, a rough sort of timeline or idea of what they're reading and it makes it a bit easier to get into because I think for me a big thing is that a lot of people just don't have the time or resources necessarily to research history and 
I've never liked the idea that people say, oh, you can't really get a grip or get involved with this unless you go to university for six years and do all this. Like, not everyone can and not everyone wants to, so there's no reason that everyone shouldn't be able to become aware. Um, so I think simplified or, you know, um, streamlined history is one of the main things we've done is what Tanisha's built on. The other one is closer to, it's more political and it's sort of more me, where there was a time years ago when I thought about making Tanisha this purely, you know, bipartisan. There's there's nothing there but just history, but I thought that's run by me and I wanted to be me. What's important to me is taking politics and history and seeing how they tie together. And that's why the other posts you see are sort of, there's sometimes they're just me, my own political opinions, and sometimes they're saying like, look, here's the anniversary of this event and here's how it's relevant today. And here's why this party or this person or this event that's just happened is so historically significant and why you know, we need to re-examine the whole way we, we see everyday politics in Northern Ireland. And those are the two main ones. Um, the other ones, the obviously the Tana Street or whatever, I go out for a few friends or followers and have a couple too many pints and then I start posting all sorts of nonsense <laughs> on my story. But You're not the first to do uh, that, Andrew. Those are, those are the main three, so they are. No, very good. And, and it is, it's always interesting. Um, I find having kind of studied history and I understand you're a history student yourself at the moment. Um, do you find that there is an inclination to make history in the public realm um, objective? Do you feel that that's a, a kind of a, a constant? I think so. I think there is, it comes from a good place. I think when people don't want history to be manipulated for a certain agenda or people don't want people to take a certain part of history and twist it into something. But I think people sometimes go too far with that. And they say that, you know, you can't look at history in a political context or you can't look at it through a certain lens. I think people who try and sanctify it almost and purify it of any, any discussion, they leave it open to be manipulated because when you look at the Ireland's past, there's so many changes to how people see history. There's revisionism, both good and bad, when new information comes out. And I think that if we just stuck to the sanctified version of history where we just look at the facts and don't think about what they mean, it just it becomes useless as a resource. And through university, I think one of the biggest ones is the the thing is that nobody should disagree. Everyone just take a nice, you know, no obstacles as, as clear as we can. When you research history, you're meant to sort of dissent and try and inform your own opinions. And the facts are there to inform you, not, you know, you're not there just to protect them. And I think that's why I think research in history and research in history through other lenses. For example, you shouldn't read all just from one author and you shouldn't just read all from one side. And there's books I own written by people who I don't like and don't agree with at all, but I read it to get the context because you can't really understand history because it is after all just records of different people and that's how, how we know what happened. Um, I think without looking at everyone's opinion, you can't really understand it. Absolutely, and it's, I always find it interesting when um, people, for example, with accounts, the likes of your own, um, it maybe just gives them a different perspective and that you often find either strengthens their argument or by um, agreeing with them, but also sometimes by challenging them. It, it, it allows them to strengthen their own argument, so I always think that's an interesting yeah, I, I think some of my opinions have changed over the years. I say, I always open to say that I think when I first started Tanister, when I first departed from being, for example, a unionist, you know, my opinions whenever I stopped being a unionist are completely different to what I have now, and it's because I speak with people who are other nationalists, other republicans, and other unionists to form, you know, the opinions I have now, and it's the same with history. I, I can't, you can't look at an event, like, for example, like the Irish Salmon, all through one lens, because there's it's a massive event and trying to understand it through purely Irish or purely British perspectives will leave you wanting. Yeah, and I think that even, you know, if you look at contemporary, the contemporary world, 
trying to simplify it is very difficult and we're in it um so if you're looking back it can be it can be equally as challenging um i find it really interesting so from from you began um the tanistry account to now you've over twenty thousand followers andrew um what is has been the most uh has there been anything in particular that stood out for you over those last two, two, two and a half years um, in terms of the posts or in terms of conversations that has come out of it? I, there's been a few. I find that um, a lot of the traffic that comes to me typically comes off the back of either someone like the, the British Conservative Party or someone doing something thick and then I like to post about it after if it's in the context of something. Um, and for example, one of the bigger ones with the people realising that the word Tory comes from the old Irish word for thief was a very popular one. And I think it's things that people, it's anecdotes people like, because after all, the great Irish tradition is storytelling. And I like to think that if you can show someone a story, they like to retell it. But I think the tying in of history with major events, and I think the realisation that we're, it's not that different today than it was in the past. So big events like the protocol or the flag rest and all this, reporting them and talking about them in relation to you know, ideas of supremacy and like political domination and those are the ones that really blow Tanistry up in a big way and um, but I think some of the most interesting conversations I have are with people who I don't necessarily agree with. Um, of course there are some who just come into my inbox and send me all sorts of nonsense but I think talking to people across the board about contemporary issues and sometimes they're not as important as people you would think from the newspapers. I think things like the 12th and the end of the 12th and the bonfires and there's a lot more dissent than people realise there is. Um, from headlines and I think that's what Tamistry really grows from is just discussions it's not always me to be honest it's people who follow me who feel it I think and just on um, you know where you're talking about Tamistry and we're referring to it because that's the title of your podcast um, and I know this was one of your earlier posts um, before we go on to the next section of this podcast um, where does that title come from what um, I suppose sparked that idea in your head Tamistry it's a uh... It's a title that comes from, it's a, like a Gaelic title, it was a sort of system for old Irish monarchies of how it's like an elective monarchy, it's how they chose their next king. And there's been times whenever I've sought out like a deeper meaning as to why I chose it, but really it's because I read a book and it was associated with Ulster and I just thought there was something I never knew about and it's so important and there's such like a, there's such no much more history than what we realise and I thought just Tanistry just, um, it's an interesting term and it's, the, there was a thing I read where the red, the red hand of Ulster, all the joints and fingers in the hand represented the branches of the family that you choose. And I thought, like, it's fascinating and it's about where I'm from, so I want to know it. And Tanishi just sort of stuck from there. I've thought about trying to streamline it and think, you know, the way people streamline their businesses and their brands and all that, but people have always said that I needn't bother because they didn't like it, so we're stuck with it. <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely interesting, and I suppose drawing on that and drawing the past into the present and the account does that it certainly opens people's eyes to maybe events or facts or things that they they weren't aware of before and i think that's something from our perspective here in the rsa Conley and your own perspective you're always trying to do is to start those right. conversations um and so on that conversation and i suppose drawing the past into the present and, and into the future as i mentioned um the quote the theme for this series is is Conley's quote um about removing the english army tomorrow hoisting the green flag over dublin castle but his kind of uh, provision that unless you said about the organization of a socialist republic your efforts would be in vain that was him very much i suppose laying out his aspirations um for for the future of ireland as he saw it and that was you know in 1897 over well over a century ago um if you're to look at um how you envisage the future of of ireland be it in new ireland be it ireland as it is at the moment you know how do you think um 
where do you think that that will will go um and i know you had said earlier you know when you stop being unionist that is obviously your research now has has tailored your your views of the future what are your aspirations and what has i suppose brought you to that um those ideas for the future well, I think the reason that quote is so poignant is because, as I've always said, I think this concept of a united Ireland, it's so much more than just the Republic of Ireland plus here. I think that's such a backward way to look at it. I think it's completely right to say that I think the Republic of Ireland, despite its name, it isn't really. It's built on sort of the ruins of what, you know, Connolly and the other revolutionaries had envisioned. And it, it again, abandons everyone up north, as many in the South did in government. And I think just this idea that you know, as an Irish nationalist, anyone has any love for Leinster House is completely made up because, if anything, there's an, there's an equal disdain for the people in Dublin, if not greater, that just don't care about the North, as opposed to people up here who, maybe they're unionists, but at the very least they're neighbours, and they understand that there are problems in other communities, but I think that quote means that a united Ireland needs to be a new Ireland, and when people say a new Ireland, it's a term that's tossed around as if it's some sort of secret plot, and it's the curtain behind or scary nationalists are hiding, but really it's just this Northern Ireland hasn't worked. The Republic of Ireland is just stuck there and they're stagnating completely with the landlords have their hands around the throat of the whole country. And I just think, why would anyone know this? I think this is the way to go. And it's, you know, understandably, unionist people, they, they see themselves as British and they probably always will. And I think even in this new Ireland, there will still be people here who see, don't see themselves as Irish. But I think the main thing is that British rule in the south was toxic and it is toxic up here and the current situation with partition it is causing this complete stagnation north and south and it's perpetuated by just the people who either endorse it because they don't care or the people who try and reinforce it because of their different identities and so on and I think that quote about you hoisting the green flag means nothing if you're not actually trying to change how things work and that's why I think a United Ireland or a New Ireland or a Shared Ireland it needs to be far far more than just the Republic of Ireland plus six counties because I'm not really interested in that. For me, I have as much want to change the government in the south as I do the one in the north. And I think without working on an all-Ireland basis to change it all, there's not really much point. Absolutely. And and in terms of what has, I suppose, informed that, you know, that's quite a journey to come on for someone relatively young. Um, that's quite a journey to come on in terms of your thinking. Um, was there any, ever any particular, you know, that is quite a powerful quote from Connolly, was there any sort of light bulb moment for you or was it a gradual journey to go from, and if you want to maybe give us a wee bit of context of, of um, where I suppose traditionally, quote unquote, um, <laughs> your, your, your political views may have been and how you've got to where you are now, was there a light bulb moment or was it a gradual uh, change? I well, as I say, you know, my family are all from they're traditionally all very working class lawyers. My mother would be from the Shankill, my dad's from the Craigie Road area. And, and they moved us out of the city when I was young enough. But um, I think, as I say, the first sort of light bulb moment was probably those those riots in 2012. I just didn't get it. just seemed like throwing the toys out of the pram with no plan, no vision, no, no notion what was happening. And I didn't stop being a unionist there and then, but it sort of made me think like, here, I don't really understand why I have these opinions. And I started to look at it and I just realized that it's very difficult to be a unionist and, you know, ignore the fact that there's such a history of supremacy and such a history of, you know, political, like, dominance over people. And it, it felt like trying to go back across the bridge and, you know, articulate why I wanted to preserve the union. Just I kept running that obstacle of, like, not wanting nationalists to 
have the platform with me and it didn't sit right with me and I thought that like I didn't see how anyone could. So I moved toward what you call suppose, a progressive unionist where you know, we'll all get along, everything's fine. But even then I keep running into the fact that even as a progressive unionist, being so tied into British institutions and the history of it, there's so much dark history there that's either covered up or left behind and it just it made me so uncomfortable. And as I just kept learning history and reading up in history, I realised that the way it's painted is that the last hundred years of Ireland is just the IRA kick off and everyone's the worse off for it and that's all there is to it instead of this massive multifaceted campaign over a whole century from whether socialism, nationalism, everything and there's so much more to it and I realised that I needed to better inform myself before I could form an opinion because growing up traditionally unionist is full as my parents did and there's times I never thought I would go for Sinn Féin and SDLP, different groups I didn't know who would represent me and to be honest, it's sometimes still hard for me and a lot of people to find someone that actually represents us instead of just who will, you know, screw over the community the least. But I think the major light bulb moments for me are just, there, there's plenty to choose from because as I say, once it kind of clicks that there are, are, are alternatives, the blunders and nonsense that are spotted by the likes of the DUP or different unionist parties become very clear very quickly. And as I say, it's just very hard. Once you learn that, it's very hard to just unlearn it and go back and say, oh, it's all right, you know, I'll just I'll not think about it and go ahead because I, I find that impossible. Absolutely. It's, it's an interesting um, kind of concept that you're saying there that once you unlearn it, you, you can't go back. What would you say? Because, I, I, you know, any of us who have had to go back and, I suppose, question ourselves in any, in any um, situation, um, I know myself, I don't like being wrong, Andrew, none of us do. <laughs> um, what would you say, I suppose, to anybody who maybe is questioning um, either what they thought they believed or is only really coming into the world of, of politics or history and who's trying to inform themselves? I suppose, what, what would your advice be if they're starting to look towards the future and qu- query and are questioning what they want? What would your sort of words of advice be to them? Uh, my words of advice are to exactly as I did. If there is a group that within your political camp is demonised, you need to look at why and talk to them and then talk to the people who are demonising them and get the full set of opinions. Because as a unionist, there was a time when I was told that all socialists, nationalists, Republicans were the devil. And then I spoke to something and realised that's not the case. And as, now as a nationalist Republican, I know people who think everyone who is a unionist or any at all are not to be dealt with because they're all horrible colonialists who sit in massive big houses in the countryside and you need to talk to people across every community and you need to realise that you know the clock is still ticking and things are going to progress and if you don't have a good community, a cohesive community that are working together over it, you could get to a point where a development happens and there's no going back. I think Brexit's probably the best example of something just going past the gate and nobody was talking, nobody was discussing it. And, the last thing I think anyone wants is for, for example, if there's ever United Ireland for it to get voted and we're all just stuck with, you know, the DUP going to coalition with Fine Gael and nothing changes. Like, we need to just talk. And that's my advice. If you have any doubt in your mind about, maybe I'm not sure about what I'm thinking, you just need to talk to people. And whatever way you do it, talk to people who have different opinions to you. And you might not come away agreeing with them, but they understand why they think that. And even if you still think they're wrong and if you think they're in Egypt, it's so important that you speak to them because, um, I wouldn't be where I am without challenging all sorts and it's formed my own opinions and strengthened other ones. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and for Tanistry, Andrew, um, are you going to keep going with it? Are you going to, are you going to continue on this, this journey um, of, of chatting to people on Instagram? Because it it's, it's a really interesting platform. I mean, social media can be 
I mean, it has its cons as well as its pros, but uh, do you think it's something that you will continue on with? Aye, I think so. I think it, uh, the shape it has taken though, I'm very happy with. Um, I'm really, as I say, the main joy I get out of it is meeting and talking to people. Um, but I think I get such enjoyment out of making history and politics digestible to people. And I will never claim to be, you know, some kind of like, all-knowing being. So when people message me about like, you know, what do you think about this? Because you, you you know the deal, and I'm like, man, <laughs> go talk to this person because <laughs> maybe I'm not as clued in on it. But I think I'll keep going with tapestry. As I say, there are many people who um, I think would rather I didn't. As I say, if they <laughs> if I had a if I had a pound for every threat I got for going up the dairy or doing this that and the other, you know, I'd be a very rich man who could retire. But um, I think that just emboldens it. I just I enjoy it so much, and I think when I'm out of uni and uni, it just I couldn't stop doing it. I don't have too much fun with it, and. It's also been purely enlightening and I would like to think it's doing good or it's a force for good. Um, I think the second I'll, I'll stop doing Tamashii when I believe it's no longer doing any good or whatever, I get so sick of Instagram, <laughs> I just have to delete it. I'll give it to someone else. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair enough. Well, Andrew, um, thank you very much, Grammy and Mike, as Jack to Jack and you. Thanks very much for coming in today. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation um, and I think that, I suppose, has been the key, key thing coming out of it is to keep having conversations about where we are and where we came from and, and where we're going. So, Carmen, I'm like it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here as always.